This week, we're talking about Gamescom opening night live and Xbox's attempt to get the UK approval on the Activision Blizzard deal. This is the Good Game, Bad Game podcast. This is a song I wrote about the Good Game, Bad Game podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Good Game, Bad Game podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, and with me is a man who just wants GTA 6. It's my co-host, Mike. Mike, how are you? I didn't realize I was Bill Clinton today. <laughs> no, no. Huh? You, you are your own person. Oh, but I strive to be Bill Clinton. Oh, I mean, well... <laughs> What you choose or choose not to strive for in your life is your prerogative, I guess. Yes. Would you like to see my list? Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, we're not tinfoil hat on the podcast. Uh, how, do I, how do I get off of this topic? Been to any cool islands lately? Shit. <laughs> uh, maybe? Anything... You say I was on something <laughs> I was on something recently that I think is considered an island. And I'm not sure how. I'm guessing this is a segue into the games you've been playing this week. He yeah. asks hopefully. <laughs> uh maybe my Sim City is on an island. Oh, okay. There are at least islands around my Sim City. Alright, sure. And uh I hate to say it. I'm playing a lot of SimCity. Interesting. On the phone? On my phone, yeah. S- well, uh, that's so funny, because uh, I think where you left us off was you have to get nails or something. Yes, uh, nails <laughs> are are the, the bloodstream of this game. Uh, and that's basically what you're striving to do, is to just make nails. Of course. Um, but yeah, uh, I so I haven't had a bunch of time to like sit down and play games the past couple of weeks, and like there are times where I just need like a quick mental break from work, and I just open my phone and I do like I collect all the stuff I need to manufacture, like nails, um, see if there are any like building upgrades I can do, and then I set stuff off to start getting manufactured because it can take up to like thirty minutes depending on what you're doing, and then I close it. I hear you. I hear you. And that's that's working for me. And uh, now I'm starting to realize the magic of mobile games. Wow. Wow. Right. And are you also realizing the magic of sim games? Like, uh, not sim as in, like, The Sims and SimCity, but, like, specifically, like, simulation types? I've always been, like, interested in them, but there's been few that have kept my interest sure um and, you know i think that's just the thing with me i could end up not opening sim city again because uh, it, it does kind of just get redundant right um and i seldom have time to kill so it is literally just being used as like a mental break or i'll even just like even if i'm chewing on something like not physically but <laughs> <laughs> or 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 physically. Yeah, you never know. My wife's probably mad because we're 
sitting down at the dinner table and I'm not talking, I'm eating my food and she just hears like <laughs> all the candy crush esque noises <laughs> coming from my phone. Cause like, of course I play it on full blast. <laughs> of course. But how else would you play it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, in public full blast. Uh, if I'm by myself though, I kind of like to quiet. So I usually mute it. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's kind of that's kind of been a, a shocking hit for me. I love it. Um, so I've been I've been playing that, and uh, is that it? Is, are you still yeah. thinking, or? <laughs> oh, did you not hear any of that? No, no. Damn it. I, I opened it. I opened SimCity on my phone at full blast and just started touching stuff. So just... <laughs> no, you and like kind started... of just, you just trailed off and then it was just quiet. Oh. I was just like, are you still thinking or? <laughs> Damn it, Discord, you're, you're too good. Yeah. No, I, I literally started opening it on my phone. And the first thing that played, I, I literally had it on full blast. And the first thing I played was like uh, a horn from a boat. <laughs> it, was very, it was very loud and very obnoxious. It's a shame because oh, I, if th- this is the yeah, this is the the bad of Discord because and and how we're like set up to record because if it were if it were comedy on my end, it, my mic would have picked it up and so therefore it would have been in the recording. But you may not have heard oh. it. But because it's on your like your end, I just don't hear it, which means it also doesn't get captured in the recording. So one of these days we'll record asynchronously. And... Oh God, I don't. I don't even want to think about having to line up the audio for that, <laughs> even though it would definitely probably sound better. <laughs> but that wouldn't. I mean, that still wouldn't make up for the fact that I wouldn't hear the comedy, and that's that's really at the end of the day what sucks. Yeah, that's true. You just have to trust me. We'd have to like, I'll have to make little footnotes as I'm as I'm doing show. Anyway, <laughs> well, I I tried, I tried. Um, you could always pipe it in later. Yeah, totally. Um, <laughs> I don't. I honestly don't think I played anything else. I downloaded Starfield. That was cool. So exciting. So it was very confusing. I think I sent it to you. I was like. You can manage your console pretty easily from your phone, your mm-hmm. Xbox. So I did that. And I had like I ended up with like 240 gigs free. Cause so I also just got rid of some games that I knew I wasn't gonna play, or games that I'd beaten that I just hadn't deleted yet. Mm-hmm. And I went on to Game Pass to pre-install it, and it's like, you know, you need six more gigabytes. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? So I'm like over 250 gigabytes. I don't know why I ended up just going onto my console and doing it from there. And he told me like 140 initially, but once you started the install, it's like only around 110 maybe. Uh huh. So I'm guessing they're leaving space for a day one patch. That's going to be around 16 gigs or something. Makes sense. Yeah. I mean, we, I mean, obviously there's going to be a day one patch. That's just how it always works now. You know, and yeah. it's fine, whatever is what it is. Um, but I've never seen a more like clear instance of a game that's going to need a, a day one patch than Starfield because that start menu is just wow. Like, Don't even get me started. Little, 
little bit of effort into it. Yeah, I mean, I, I can tell that this game is just going to be absolute dog shit because I, one, can't play it right now, and two, um, that start screen. But it's mainly two. Mm-hmm. Not the Forget about the first part. It's it's mostly just the second part, and that's how right. I know. Right. But that being said, when they port it to PlayStation, it'll probably be a lot better. Uh, it'll be the best game ever, a game of the year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, internet drama is funny. Not even drama. Bait. I love the the people who are like bait used to be believable. Right. <laughs> um, that's so exciting though. Um, we're literally two weeks away, and um, crazy. Just yeah, insane. Uh, so can we can we talk about that for a second? Of course. Because I want to make sure I'm not crazy. You're not. Is there going to be multiplayer for Starfield? Oh. I don't Does any, does think anybody so. know? Have we I ever don't, talked about this? You don't think so? I don't think so. I Bethesda has never piped multiplayer into a game into any of their like non Elder Scrolls online. Well, right, like Skyrim like Elder Scrolls and Fallout never had online. They made a dedicated game for online. And so I would just assume Starfield is like Starfield is Elder Scrolls. It is Fallout. It is like a single player experience. Gotcha. Um, Cause that's not to say that like Bethesda hasn't had games with multiplayer, obviously like Redfall and Deathloop and you know, well, Deathloop doesn't have multiplayer, but like it has like online. Or yeah, I, I guess it's multiplayer. It's not co-op. Is is I guess what I'm trying to say. But yeah, regardless, um, I I would imagine Starfield follows the footsteps of like the Skyrim's, the Fallout's, stuff like that. I didn't even think about it because you know it kind of reminds you of a game that would have multiplayer. Um. You know, given all the customization. And my brother and I were talking about it. He's like, oh, I'm going to get it for PC so you can play together. I was like, oh, sweet. That would be awesome to finally have a game like that that I could play with somebody. Um, Since uh, you won't play No Man's Sky with me. I'll play No Man's Sky with you? What the fuck? (laughs) I know. We just haven't gotten to it. Um, we got, we still have to go back to the division too. <laughs> I hear you, dude. I hear you. Oh my god. Um, maybe if you'd stop working so much during the week, mess around with your boy online. Um, dude, I, this week is literally so perfect for that. Is it? Yeah, tomorrow, tomorrow and Friday. I look at us making plans on the podcast. I, I, I could definitely pull it. That's unfortunate because I can't. <laughs> 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 next week though oh i'll see what i can do i'll try to make sure my thursdays and my fridays are clear from here on out excellent <laughs> yeah fridays are perfect yeah fridays definitely unless you're listening from my work then fridays are not perfect <laughs> uh. unless you're the cool people i work with then you know yeah you know what's up um or, no i orange have... dot squad <laughs> that's what we are i uh i hear you um and uh to just get back to what you were saying about having a, a game to play um you know 
can't say anything else but other than you and Chris are both idiots and should know better that yeah. Bethesda wouldn't have <laughs> multiplayer in a game like this. I don't think it does. I could be wrong. And so... Um, should have known by the damn menu. Should have known by the damn menu. Uh, God. I guess... Um, I, I, like, I ended up blocking so many people because of that, you know, air quotes, drama, controversy, whatever you want to call it. Uh, because there were people who were trying to like capitalize on the initial post about it. Um, somebody posted a thing. They were just like, since the topic of start screens is happening, which is your favorite start screen? And it's literally like, it's the last of us, um, start screen. God of War, Spider-Man, and I forget what the fourth one was, but it was another PlayStation IP. Ghost of Tsushima. Might have been. Um, the fact that like I can't remember what it was just tells me that the start screen doesn't stick out to me. And the only thing about God of War and Spider-Man start screens is that it's literally just the fucking character. Like, it's just Kratos mm-hmm. and, and Atreyu. Atre- Atreyu? Atreus? Whatever. And and then for Spider-Man, it's literally Spider-Man on like the, the wall of a building. And then The Last of Us is just a fucking empty room in like with a window. Yeah, with a window that you can like clearly tell is like yeah, you know, like you can tell it's like uh apocalyptic or whatever. Um <laughs> that's it. Like I don't know. Shelby and I talked all... about it on on SM Soup like both of us were just like it's just like the dumbest thing to like try to hone in on to be like this clearly shows that there wasn't like effort put in. Like are you fucking kidding me? Like none of these are like Anything special? Like again, the Last of Us is the only one that I could like think of in the moment that I like could think of like what the start screen clearly is, and I was like, it's just a fucking room. Like it does not make me feel anything. <laughs> like I, I saw somebody who was getting pissy about the Starfield start screen, and somebody just responded the start screen for Ghost of Tsushima, and this isn't I, I like you said I, just, I don't fucking care about the menu the one thing i do care about is i hate the new theme and microsoft is very guilty of this of having a dot that you need to like move to each menu selection and it's like a dynamic like you can put it anywhere on the screen oh rather than be like a snappy menu yeah that oh, is yeah. fucking stupid yeah. that is the reason i will not play a game <laughs> Just because, just because it's so hard to get to the start button. <laughs> so to to be honest with you, I almost didn't play Cyberpunk at all. But like when I first got it before the update, like I almost didn't even give it a shot because I didn't know how to start the fucking game. <laughs> I was like, and and like the um, D pad didn't do anything. Yeah. So you had to use the analog stick to move it. And I just had like a stroke trying to figure that out because <laughs> that was one of the first games that I've played where that was that was the dynamic. I hear you. That's that a good stupid. gripe. I don't, I don't know what UX person said. This should be the de facto way of starting a game. That is my soapbox I will not get down on. That is the reason I will not play a game. No, I... Uh, Bethesda does that. It's a good gripe. But, um... Yeah, so so anyway, going back to Ghost of Tsushima, it's like the same exact menu options. It's on the left side, and like to the right of it is just like a static picture of a katana. <laughs> and people are just like, what is the difference other than the background? Right. Who oh, cares? The, de- be- the detail, Mike. The detail. 
I got some fucking detail for you right here. Yeah, I, I, I don't care about the fucking start screen. You better have put the fucking care and effort into the actual game itself. People are making Todd Howard in Starfield. Unbelievable. Like, it looks just like him. It's uncanny. People are making Jim Ryan in Starfield because of the level of detail that is in the character creation. It's too much detail. It's crazy. Absolutely crazy. Yeah. Oh, man. Where would we be if it wasn't for trolls? And we'd have nothing to talk about. So. Nope. They give us content. I um I had a really interesting week with the games that I played. And I like I've been so excited to tell you about this because I played a game that had the best use of New Game Plus I've ever seen. Are you ready? Go on. I'm so ready. So obviously games are leaving PS Plus, so I'm working on getting platinums and stuff like that. Uh I did get two platinums this week. Uh, and so one of the right. games, that, one of the games that's leaving is, uh, it's called death End request two. Okay. And I was like, well, I should probably play the first one. The first one's not leaving. First one is on the service. So I was like, all right, I should probably play the first one. Cause it, you know, it might matter. It might not, but like, I genuinely, I, I generally like to try and play games in order if possible. Uh, regardless of if the story truly matters or not. Uh, And all these games are, they're basically visual novels with turn-based fighting in between and like heavy emphasis on visual novel over the like actual like fighting and exploration and stuff like that. Like Persona 5 is definitely like visual novel-y, but like it has so much JRPG to it and stuff like that that like, it's so balanced and so perfect. This game is, I would call it a visual novel before I'd call it anything else. And spoiler for a game that I'm sure nobody is going to play. Uh, the whole like concept of the game is that like somebody got trapped in a video game and they need to like complete the game to be able to like r- return to their body in the real world. And then there's somebody in the real world who's on the game server trying to help them get through the game that's the general like idea behind it and it gets so fucky the story is really good in the first one it gets like so fucky with like how the person who's helping the person in the game is a programmer and the idea is that like weird shit's happening in the real world so it's almost like is the real world a simulation and then there's like people who can like effectively program the real what we think is like the real world and they're considered like gods effectively but it's like also like so reminiscent of like the person who's trapped in the game as well when they're like interacting with npcs and and stuff like that it's so well done um and the person who is in again what is considered the real world is given like the ability to like turn back time so you play through the game you finish it and you get the ending and then you fail effectively like your mission and so the idea is you do a new game plus it resets the timeline because of that. So everything plays exactly the same. All the story beats are exactly the same up until the ending when you can like have a new different outcome. And I thought that was such a unique and awesome way of using new game plus. 
That is really interesting. That's kind of cool. Like I, I, I was just like so impressed. I was just like they literally baked it into the story, hmm. and I thought that was so cool. Um, right. So rather than like, okay, you get to restart the game now and keep some of your stuff. It's a continuation. Yep. Yeah, effectively, it's a continuation. But the like whole concept is that like the first playthrough you're doing is already like the second, the third, the fourth could be the hundredth attempt already. Because when you like get to it to the end, you like find a thing and you realize like why certain things are the way they are throughout the entire story. But the problem is that like when you reset, like the character loses all of the memories and that's why there are certain things to try and get them to like remember effectively and i don't know it was just it was just cool it was just really well done and again because nothing's really different like your second playthrough goes like way quicker and then you get to the end and that's the thing that like you have the ability to like affect the outcome and i just thought that was such a unique way of like using it um so that was the one game that i platinumed and then I did play Death End Request 2. And that game's story was dog shit and so bad uh, that like I just like ripped through it. Uh, like <laughs> it was like 10 chapters. I was on the fifth chapter. And I was just like, this is not gripping in any fucking way whatsoever. And so I just ripped through it and also got the point. Amazing that you can platinum a game that you hated, or at least that had a bad story mm-hmm. or generalized. And not just say, you know what, not worth my time. The platinum grind is strong. I mean, with this one, of course, you know. Uh, and the like saving grace is that like the gameplay in between the like dialogue and like all that stuff, it was still good. And if anything, that part was probably better in the second game. Um, so like the fights and stuff like that. So like it was still enjoyable. It was just the fact that, like, and I can definitely do that with a lot of games, where it's just, like, I do not care about the story, but I do enjoy the the part of it where I get to run around and do X, Y, Z, and that's that. And so, um, that's basically what that turned into. And it was, it was, I mean, like, super easy and took way less time because of the fact that, again, heavy emphasis on it's a visual novel, so, like was able to skip through like 90% of the game. Yeah, that's true, I guess. You know, so you were literally just like not even really paying attention to the story, just ripping through it. Yep. I mean, I love it. And again, that was with the second one because the first one couldn't recommend it enough. Thought it was so good. Thought the story was great. Second one, just nah. So, so interesting because Normally, the second game is the one that like polishes some of the the bads of the first game and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, not really the case here. Um, but yeah, to to the point of the platinum grind is real. Look, you gave me a challenge, sixty nine platinums for comedy, for a trophy, you know, all the things. And so, uh, gotta do what I gotta do. I also started playing Deathloop. Which I'm very excited oh, yeah. to get more into. Um, didn't get too far into it, but thus far it's it's interesting, and uh, that's really all I have to say. I only played for about an hour, hour and a half. 
Yeah, that keeps. I have that installed on my Xbox. And I keep seeing, I'm like, I should, I should start it. So it's interesting to me. And plus, I love the theme song to it. It makes me think of James Bond. Mm hmm. Well, I have less than a month now to to complete it and platinum it before it leaves PlayStation Plus. So, wow. I should have updates for you. How the mighty have fallen. How the mighty have fallen. Uh, last thing was we got we got Shelby her first platinum. So very nice. Yeah, Minecraft Dungeons. We cleaned that up for her, and she's officially a part of the platinum gang. Welcome. <laughs> that's it that was it really for for games for the most part for me so it's pretty good that was a good week a lot of variety a lot of uh, a lot of platinum's happening yep yep a lot of work towards platinum stuff like that yeah gotta sweet i'm determined i'm determined to say the least i'm at i gotta double check i think i i think i need like 24 more that's it that's yeah that's it wow okay i guess i better start figuring out what i'm gonna do for a trophy i don't know it's still like six that's still like six platinums a month from here on out so we'll see we'll see i think i think i'll do it i think worst case i'll have to get real cheesy with it you know well gotta do what you gotta do we're coming up on the the third birthday of ggbg which means we might be due for a cheeky little platinum race and i am mayo three so you know we'll see all right so first thing we have to get into is a little update about xbox and what they're attempting to do to get approved in the uk for this activision blizzard deal and you sent me this and i'm just anymore i'm just so confused on what is happening with this deal and what they need to do to get it to work so i'm gonna let you explain it to the best of your ability uh how xbox plans to get this thing done yeah, so it's a really strange situation. It took me reading it a couple of times to have, at least have any degree of understanding. And I'm not saying this is a de facto um, explanation, but I think I'm at least on the right track. Um, so we knew that Microsoft was kind of ready to divest part of the Activision business in order to make this deal go through in the UK. Uh, namely regarding something with uh, the cloud right. And, and I think initially they said the cloud, their cloud business in the UK, mm-hmm. which I think is what they originally said. Um, but this week they said that they were selling the cloud streaming rights to Ubisoft, which is an interesting decision. And as far as i understand that is in its entirety so uh that doesn't just impact the uk that impacts the rest of the world right now an interesting thing to note is that ubisoft does not have a cloud their own cloud streaming platform right now um 
and that was my first thought when I saw this come through. It's like, well, what are they? Is Ubisoft making a cloud streaming platform? And you have to like, is Ubisoft Plus going to become a streaming platform or, or what? But it sounds like it was pretty intentional that it was being sold to, um, essentially a non-competitor in the cloud space. And they are just going to administer the the digital rights to Activision Blizzard games uh, for cloud streaming. So, um, this you will still see Activision Blizzard games on Xbox game streaming, mm-hmm. uh, and you will see it anywhere else Ubisoft decides to license the rights out to. Right. So it's like a weird thing where they're selling it to Ubisoft and then Ubisoft will license it back to Xbox. Right. Just the just the streaming rights for it. Correct. So they're not getting individual game rights. That is still owned by Microsoft. Right. But the ability to stream on a cloud platform is is getting sold out to Ubisoft. So now when, let's say, Amazon Luna wants gaming rights or streaming rights to an Activist game, they will contact Ubisoft and they will get that contract set up through them. Um, and obviously, you know, Microsoft is still going to see some sort of kickback from that. Mm-hmm. It's still their IP that is being streamed. Uh, they will just not get whatever revenue comes from the licensing uh the licensing rights so microsoft so and that doesn't affect the deal at all in terms of price they're still going through with the planned price microsoft will own all rights to activision blizzard and then they'll just immediately divest and sell the streaming rights to ubisoft and then have to license from Ubisoft to get it on Xbox Game Streaming. What like an in, like just what an interesting loophole or workaround, I guess. Yeah, it's it's very very strange. Um, it's but I mean it's it's alleviates exactly what the CMA was upset about was that Microsoft was going to have too much power in, in game streaming. And, you know, they were clearly going to hoard all of these games for Xbox cloud streaming because that's such a lucrative business for them. I say that in sarcasm. Right. I, I'm just trying to understand how this wouldn't throw up like concern or anything just because like it literally is just going to Ubisoft who also has a pretty extensive game catalog. And I guess, like, would the thought just be that, well, Ubisoft games are on everything, so that'll continue? Or, like, why is it? Yeah. Why is this suddenly okay, I guess? Because, I guess, Ubisoft isn't that big of a company in comparison to Microsoft. Sure, okay, yeah. That's. I mean, that's a fine answer. Um, I don't necessarily need, like, that's just kind of like where my mind immediately went was just like right no it's stupid yeah 
But at the end of the day, you know, I th- it seems like it's a pretty easy decision for Microsoft. They still get the games on the platform. And, and it sucks because I do believe Microsoft would have allowed this to go to every other platform. Right. Um, but now they're just not going to make money off of that. They'll, they'll make some degree of, like I said, kickback from the IP being used, but they will not get any of the licensing rights um, to have that on platforms. It's actually going to cost them some money too. Um, and this, so this, this deal covers all existing and new IP, which is interesting as well. Yeah, that's kind of um, crazy. I'm guessing that's, that was the easier thing to do. Sure. Uh, new games, I would understand, but like old games, okay. I'm sure it's just easier to lump the catalog onto one, but so that's interesting. And then this is a 15 year deal. So we'll see. Um, that seems like an incredibly long time to me. Yeah. Uh, but I guess the thought is, you know, 15 years from now, we'll be past the point of make or break for game streaming. Mm-hmm. Uh, it might not even exist. Who knows? We might not even exist with any luck. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you mean the podcast or humanity? I, humanity. Oh, okay. And well, and with yeah. that, the podcast. Yeah, the, the podcast is, is, um, inevitable it'll be around forever oh. even if we're gone oh. uh, even if there's nobody to listen to us we'll still be there it's kind of comforting but, maybe yeah yeah you know all we have to do is get one radio broadcast and our voices will be in space forever so all right i will i will start looking into how to do that yeah please do make it happen yeah. um this this uh, this whole, I mean, we've talked about the Activision Blizzard Microsoft deal so much, um, and it's just crazy that this is just like another step in a whirlwind of just confusing moments throughout all of this, where I just didn't have the brain power to like understand what the hell was happening it's it's a very um you know it's hard to think of another example of a deal like this in any in any business really um and i it sounds like it still might not make the cma happy which uh, nothing will you know at that point yeah which is crazy because i'm pretty sure Jez Corden was the one to tweet about some other deal that like was $60 billion that the CMA just like rolled over and just like didn't even like blink twice uh, for. And it's well, just I mean, like think about all the like Facebook acquisitions. They didn't even think twice about it. Yeah. Right. So, um, you know, I guess shout out to Phil Spencer for pissing off the Brits. I mean, I know he, I know he every July 4th, you know, tweets out, the scoreboard for us versus you know the uk uh but i don't know seems kind of petty of them to to block a deal like this just because of that so 
I mean, what happened to freedom of expression? Am I right? Right. And who are you to be mad about nationalism? <laughs> um, that's crazy. And it's crazy to think that like this still won't get it done. And it's crazy to start getting your mind thinking about what the hell are they going to have to do next other than kill the deal to get this resolved, which obviously killing the deal does not get it resolved I mean, in the effective way. So the only other thing I can think of is, you know, let's say the CMA doesn't like this deal. The only other thing that Xbox can do is say, fuck it. We're not going to have Activision Blizzard games on Xbox game streaming. That's, I mean, that's it. That where they fold their, their streaming business, um, which, you know, without being, you know, Microsoft holds their data very close, but, you know, without being privy to their data in terms of where, what their projections are for game streaming, if it means that this deal would go through to get Activision and Blizzard, it probably makes sense to fold their streaming platform. Yeah. I think long-term, the damage of not having Activision is more than uh, whatever the success of game streaming is. Right, I hear you. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah. Hopefully it doesn't come to that. Hopefully this can just be the thing, but... Uh, I mean, to me, and this is going to be another soapbox item for me, there is no, there, there's not a lot of competition in the game streaming space. Uh, you know, Microsoft is a big one. NVIDIA is a big one. Amazon is technically a big one, but we'll see. I mean, are, they might go the Google route. Google was a big one. Right. These are big companies that are trying to get into the space. These are the cloud providers. Um, you know, there are, there are some other smaller ones but it's a hard business to get into and i don't think any of the smaller streaming services that you see now are going to be the ones that are going to make it to the mainstream in 10 to 15 years um or even five to ten years right so i think if the cma essentially forces microsoft's hand to shut down their streaming service they're actually causing more of a competition disparity than they're trying to prevent it's, right. it's so, but they don't understand that. It's, no yeah. government understands that. It's just a bunch of old people of, who have no idea how the world works anymore. A hundred percent. And like, there's so much, like, there's so much risk involved in getting and like trying to just start this up, which is why you only see Amazon, Google, like you only right. see big players trying because if it works out, could become very lucrative. But like, that's a pretty big if that most people or most companies can't really afford to just try, you know, and just say like, ah, you know, we'll see if the shit sticks. Like, and that's why, like you said, like you see so, so little competition and yeah, there's a, there seems to be a lack of understanding why there's so much or so little competition rather than like, it's very clearly that like one or two companies are just strong arming the competition. But like you said, getting them to understand that is a near impossible thing. Yeah. And that yeah. And that's the thing. Like, I fear, like, that their minds are just made up at this point. And we'll see. 
We'll see. Um, anything else on this? No. So I guess at, at this point, the CMA still plans to go to trial. I think it was like October 18th or something like that. Yeah. Um, so if I understand it correctly, they didn't like choose to retract their lawsuit. Right. So it's still going to go to a court and then it'll be up to the judge to decide if that's enough of a concession, which, you know, uh, frankly, if I'm learning anything in this process in both the United States and in the UK and in other jurisdictions, at least the judges are opening this up to conversation and not being, not showing their personal bias. Right. Which you know should be a thing but like yeah, like they sh they shouldn't show their personal bias like it's it's crazy that we have to like say it's like applaud them for yeah, not doing it it's commendable oh did you yeah. see did you see angel hernandez last night he called a really fair game it's like oh that's <laughs> good that's that's literally his job right but it's shocking yeah <laughs> it happens and also, that was just a made-up scenario. Angel Hernandez has never called a good game in his life. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a real potent point. That's how you knew we were living in a fantasy world. <laughs> yeah, everything just got a lot brighter when you said that. The so judges sorry. are fair. The umps can do their job. The sun's out. Uh, Alright. Well, let's talk about another bright spot which is gamescom i had everything confused last week um and so opening night live which kicks off gamescom was yesterday the 22nd as we are recording this on the 23rd very confusing timeline but anyway um so we did get a little bit of an event that we can at the very least talk about um Jeff Keighley is back in all of his um, world premiere trailer update glory. World premiere. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and I think um, there's, I was saying to you beforehand, there's a lot to talk about. And at the same time, there's not a lot to talk about. Um, and so I guess... Before we like get into any of the like meat and potatoes of it, um, just generally speaking, what was your overall like feeling or thoughts for the event? I, I think to be short, like it felt like a good update. Like it, it wasn't, you know, a big shocking event with all these releases. There are a handful of like gotcha moments. Mm -hmm. Um but you know, it was it was a good update to go into like the holiday season. Yeah, we I got think release dates. We got some actual gameplay um, on games that we have seen throughout the past two years or so. Um, we saw that EA, who just announced a game like six months ago, is now going to be releasing it in September. Uh, that's a classic EA anthem kind of stuff. But yeah, <laughs> so it's well rounded. Yeah, and I think, like, that was kind of the positive, right? Where, like, we both were kind of saying there wasn't really a lot in the actual show that maybe got you and I excited. 
Um, but I think the positive of it was that Jeff did a really good job of setting expectations like before the show. Um, and like weeks ago on, on Twitter, he had said like, you know, just be prepared. This isn't like, this isn't summer games fest. This isn't world premiere after world premiere after world premiere. This is going to be a lot of things we already know about getting like the, like critical updates for them, maybe seeing some gameplay for them. Um, and, and stuff like that. And so I think like from that point of view, that's what made this actually a fairly good show, um, where it's lacking is like, and, but that this is going to be the case for just about any showcase is that like, there just may not have been enough stuff to like move the needle for you personally. And that's definitely the camp I fell into. Um, but overall, I think, um, you know, there was a lot of good stuff shown. I mean, the Tekken and Mortal Kombat stuff, like I don't play fighting games, but I mean, I thought both um, segments for each of those games were like pretty sick. I think the games look incredible, um, like from a visual standpoint, it's just nuts. Um, And it had the best part of any Jeff Keighley production, in my opinion, which is bringing out the people who make the games and letting them like speak on them, have that excitement around their game, talk about like what they're doing to try and make it a great experience for the players, whether or not they're blowing smoke or, or, or not like just getting to hear the passion at the very least is just something that I really love about these types of events. Yeah. And I think for me, um, and maybe it's just a stage of life I'm in, but I'm kind of at the show me point in video games. It's like games fest is cool. Like you said, it's, it's game after game after game, but like, and it's exciting, but how many of those do you end up seeing Mm -hmm. like come, come to fruition? Like now it's nice to see the games that are definitely coming out soon. I mean, I think most of these had at least like a four month, launch Minoxa for maybe Mortal Kombat. I don't remember if they set a release date for that. But um, it's just nice to see things that are definitely coming out towards the end. Uh, and it's really the selling moments. It's what is this going to show that is going to make me excited to play this game? Right. Yeah. And those those updates and those moments, like you said, like the defining moments are like way more important than the excitement. You know, yes, there's excitement over a jam packed. You get to see all these things, but you're, you're so right about like whether or not you actually see them come to fruition or whether or not you like have the ability to even remember it was a thing, right? Like what just last week I was talking about curse to golf, the like golf roguelike. And that game's been out mm-hmm. for over a year. And I remember watching the announcement for it or like the like, you know, teaser for it or whatever, and just being so excited and thinking it seemed like such a cool concept. And I, f- I didn't even realize it came out and had been out for an entire fucking year before I finally got my hands on it. Like how insane right. is that? You know what I mean? Like, so yeah, I, I, that's, you're so right. Like this, this was good from that regard of like, you can't like you can't forget these because they were they're right in your face and they're about to come out, um, which is so so awesome. 
Um, I'm curious, what is like the thing? I think I know the answer. Um, I do. And so we can just talk about it because I, I'm in the same boat. Cyberpunk, right? Mm-hmm. This is, yeah. I mean, this update is going to be insane. Um, I, I'm like getting cyberpunk hype all over again. <laughs> like, like I feel the hype that I felt when cyberpunk was about to release. Um, I'm like feeling that again about this, this, uh, DLC that's coming in uh, Phantom I'm Liberty. It for the first time. You're feeling it for the first time? No, it's not true, I guess. I guess I was hype about Cyberpunk, but I still had my typical mic, like, is it too big? Yeah. But no, yeah, this, I'm, I'm starting out with this, and well, it's only $30. I know a lot of people are pissed at that, but I don't care. Again, I, like... It's a full game. If in itself right if the witcher dlcs are anything to go off of this will be well worth the money um i'm trying to see here like all the things that they talked about like like things that are just so critical like the whole like revamped police system right like we we've talked about it where it's like when i played through the game and that's after the next gen update and stuff like that was the one thing that i felt was so lacking like it felt like any sort of chase you got into amounted to nothing. Um, so you got that. There's going to be a whole new district. Um, obviously, like this whole like story path that you can go down. Um, I I can't wait. It's it's like you said. It's it's effectively a whole new game. It's going to be sick. Yeah, and I'm actually kind of excited for like the introduction of cyberpsychosis too. And that's actually going to be like a dynamic thing in the game. Like, yeah, you can load yourself up on upgrades and make yourself OP, but you're also going to have to deal with whatever mechanic the cyberpsychosis uh, brings in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, or you cannot do any of that stuff and not have to deal with it. Uh, but obviously, you're losing some of those some of those abilities and that will change how you play the game too i mean it's just that that game has a level of detail that is will have a level of detail that is just you know s tier yeah um and plus idris is in it which i cannot understate how excited i am for that right i i love that right like they get keanu and it's just like uh-huh. how can you do any like how can you even try to match that? Like it's impossible. And then they pull Idris, and you're just like, Ooh. "Oh my fucking god!" How f- my beer. how foolish was I? Like, man, I can't think of like two people to get me like more excited for a I, game. I mean, Idris Elba. If he's not my favorite actor, he's he's one of them. And the fact that he's going to be in a game that I, I consider one of my favorites now is it's unreal. Yeah, absolute cherry on top, right? Very exciting. Um, trying to think, was there anything else from Opening Night Live? Like any sort of update or anything like that that has you suddenly interested in a game or that you felt like was a good um kind of accelerator 
for a game to like get other people more excited into it i so i i fell into my familiar trap of when a new call of duty shows gameplay and i'm like wow this looks pretty cool Mm -hmm. um and then obviously it comes out and it's nothing like that uh but i fell into that trap with modern warfare 3 Mm -hmm. they're calling this yeah but there was a modern warfare 3 yes this is sorry it's modern warfare 3 again the second time remastered is what i think i think that's the full title and remade yeah oh yes and remade colon and remade (laughs) but with new new old maps from modern warf- modern warfare 2 no not the last one the one before that yeah <laughs> yeah the one with the toxic lobbies no wait the one with the really toxic lobbies <laughs> the one that made you a man <laughs> yeah so naming convention aside i yeah i kind of felt the same way though like literally watching it i was just like holy shit like this does look really good um I'm not going to get it. So it's easy for me um, to just be like, wow, and then move on. But I was really expecting them to drop the day one game pass. But I guess e- they probably can. Not yet anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, What I thought was interesting about it was, and I was kind of listening in and out at this point um, when they brought the people on to like talk about it more um, just because like, they're just saying all the same thing. Like, they're like, oh, we're bringing you all these amazing maps and stuff like that. And I was just like, oh, yeah, okay. Like, sure. Mm. Like, nothing. This is the 19th installment of Call of Duty or something crazy like that. Like, you can't, Jeez. you can't even, I don't know if that's right, but that probably oh, feels, I, believe you. I was going to say that probably feels pretty close, right? Like, um, I'm trying to think here. Ready? Uh, wait, we got World at War, Thanks. Modern Warfare, Black Ops, Modern Warfare, or, well, wait. World, yeah. Mon- Wait, was it Modern Warfare then World at War? No, World at War was uh actually because Black Ops wasn't before Modern Warfare two. Oh yeah, so I think you're right. I think it was Call of Duty four, and then Call of Duty four was Modern Warfare. Right. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, and then World at War, and then Modern Warfare two, then Black Ops, Modern Warfare three, Black Ops two. I know there's a Black Ops 3. There's probably a Black Ops 4. Probably. Advanced Warfare. Ghosts. Modern Warfare <laughs> again. Was there an Advanced Warfare 2? I don't think so. And then even beyond that, you know, there was still like the original Call of Duty. Call yeah. of Duty 2. And there was like We're looking four at, iterations. There's, there's got to be. There's, it's got to be close to 19 at this point. So I mean, I think the first Call of Duty came out in like 2001. Yes. and so, But it wasn't a yearly installment at the beginning. At the beginning, but once you got to Modern Warfare 4, it was. Right. Yeah. Fucking crazy. Well, regardless, the thing that piqued my interest was they said something about open world zombies. Huh. And I was just like, how does that work? Like that, because zombies was like my favorite aspect of Call of Duty. Even after I got off of the Call of Duty train, um, like, you know, occasionally hanging out with people and stuff like that, like we'd still play like 
a, a map of zombies like you know and i could still get enjoyment out of that um and so i thought that was interesting i'm kind of that piqued my interest and i'm excited to see more about that but again it's not gonna be enough to move the needle for me uh, it would be cool to see like them do that with almost like a, a zombie war zone kind of thing um and i mean my preference would be it'd be like pve and essentially it's just a giant open map and you start with a pistol essentially mm -hmm. and there's just stuff in the environment that you can level up and it's not like the wave mechanic of zombies past but i don't know I think they did add something in Warzone at one point where, like, if you died, you became a zombie. And I'm I'm pretty sure they had, like, segments of the map that were, like, infested with zombies where, like, there was yeah. a certain loot as well. Yeah, so it's interesting, to to say the least. Um, But, yeah, it's funny that you brought that up because I, I was actually thinking the same thing where it's just, like, this actually looks pretty good. And I kind of hate that I'm saying it. Um. Uh, to to segue off of that, mm -hmm. uh, Age of Empires four getting shadow drop was kind of cool. Yeah, definitely. Um, I might and I might check that out. Um, it's funny though, but I think the attention behind it getting shadow dropped kind of made me go like, "Oh, sweet! Like, I'll check it out." Because otherwise, like, if it would have gotten a release date and that day kind of came and went, probably wouldn't have. Um, right. Never. I haven't played any of those games. But just kind of the hype behind it might have gotten me a little. Yeah, and also you're kind of in your Sim Slut era, so why not? Yeah. Who knows? I um, become the greatest Age of Empires player of all time. I'm practiced. I'm first. I thought a game that, like, I've never played... Um, Age of Empires, but a game that I felt like is similar, and I'm trying to find the name of it. It was like another, oh, it's like Aura History Untold, where oh, you like have yeah. to where you have to like build up a civilization and stuff like that. Is that kind of like Age of Empires, right? Where you have to like Age of Empires, I guess, is like you you fight other, um, am I getting Age of Empires and Civ? confused or are, they all, or, or are they all the same well i, I don't know if I, I know <laughs> i think they're probably all very similar okay um that's and sorry to interrupt but um i watched an awful ign recap video with terrible music in the back and it was just very fast and they actually played age of empires and then that are a game back to back <laughs> and you couldn't tell <laughs> i didn't realize it had transitioned <laughs> And I'm like, what the fuck just happened? Why did the whole, like, engine change? Yeah. So anyway, that was just a funny story, but continue. No, but yeah, so I, I, I thought that game um, looks pretty interesting. Um, but kind of similar to what you're saying about how, like, Age of Empires being available now and, like, you can have it in your hands because of Game Pass and stuff like that, like, kind of does more for you in terms of actually, like, knowing you're going to, like, play it outside of, like, and this is just the case with these types of showcases where like you see a game and you're like, that looks really good, but is it the type of game that like come whatever release date, 
you're going to actually pick it up. Um, right. And so I really want to stay close to that, our uh, history untold or however you pronounce it, um, just because it does look really interesting. It So when I watched it, and like after my brain had kind of compiled what just happened to me, I was like, <laughs> oh, it's like Age of Empires, but it's also like The Sims, where you can have random landmarks in the middle. Like you've got this really cool, um, you know, I don't know, early Renaissance town that you built, but also there's just a random fucking Statue of Liberty. In the right. Yeah. It's literally city skylines. You like build up the city and then like also you build like a NASA headquarters and you're just like, right. yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> um, and yeah, I'm just such a sucker for those games. It's just like, I need them like put directly in my face to, to actually get around to them is the problem. Yeah. Um, I think the last thing for me personally that I, um, I'm like fairly excited about is um, kind of the uh, seemingly random. I guess I'm just not very close to it. Um, Little Nightmares Three getting announced. Um, yes, and I I have yet to play either of the first two. Um, both, well, I mean, I, I really want to play Little Nightmares, and I'm assuming I'll enjoy it that to the point that I want to play the second one as well. I just haven't gone around to it yet. Um, I believe this is the first one with co-op, right? I don't know. I thought maybe the second one had it, but uh, I, that, I did not play that one. Yeah, well, I don't. Rem- I didn't remember seeing anything like co-op about the second one, and like, there's not like two months. Like, it's just like one little like character in the. Um, uh where it's like game cover like game picture mm-hmm. so that's why i just kind of assumed i guess um but i was just getting like unravel 2 vibes almost from like this type of game and being able to like enjoy it with somebody else um and you know as shelby like gets more into games uh it just like has me excited as like a oh this is another game that like we might be able to like play and enjoy together so just something uh that like when it showed up was definitely something that i wasn't even remotely considering um and so that was pretty cool i that was one i saw before i watched the recap of the showcase i saw somebody on on twitter talk about it um i was like oh that's cool i i played a lot of the first little nightmares but i played it on stadia so now all my progress is gone and i didn't finish it Mm. um and so i haven't played little nightmares too but it's one of those things i know i think they're both on game pass um better i just have them but uh, I really enjoyed playing it. Uh, so I was excited to see another one of those. It's like, to me, a combination of like Little Big Planet and Limbo. Okay. Yeah. I got that. That makes sense. Uh, and I love Limbo and uh, Inside, I think it was called. Yep. So it's kind of like a two and a half D side scroller with like a little bit of stealth is just, I love those games. And we can't forget that. Um, what it was one of the people who worked on Limbo and inside, but it's not like the entire team is like making another game. That's going to be coming out semi soon. It was yeah. like that, that like game where you have to like puzzle and zap out and like in and 
all that stuff right. to like get like different like as uh not aspects um uh what's the word i don't know but either way that that's something to again look look forward to and it's like so easy to forget about these things yeah uh, it's just it's so much uh anything else from opening night live that you particularly wanted to call out no i'm hoping that the momentum kind of continues on over the next is it until friday or is it just like wednesday and thursday i want to say it's through the entire weekend oh okay so hopefully we have yeah hopefully we have a good bit to talk about um next week with the rest of the uh the event yeah looking forward to it my last thing is um and there's not really an answer to this necessarily but um during payday three there was like a little like uh update about how ice t is going to be in it and so before they showed it um he like cut together a little segment and he said he knows a lot about heists he said you know i know a lot about heists in real life and i just what does that mean what does he mean by that is there like a did Ice T used to be a bank robber and I didn't know about it? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I thought maybe he had some sort of past like that. Okay, maybe. Uh, I, he, he said he it. Apparently in, he was apparently in the military for two years. So, like, what does that have to do with heists? What are you telling us, Ice T? Did you commit war was crimes? In, <laughs> was he in a heist movie? But that's not real life. Like, like. <laughs> <laughs> is that what he I meant mean, it, it's not not real life <laughs> yeah but like a movie is to me the same as a video game so being like oh i'm now in this video game and you know i have so much experience to bring into this like real life experience like you have movie experience sure i just thought it was weird like tim allen saying i have cocaine experience makes more sense than ice T saying i have heist experience yeah. <laughs> I mean so I, that, that. I mean that. That everyone knows that. The the okay. co well, the, co the cocaine thing. Yeah. 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 And then we just let him be Santa Claus. Okay. I mean, makes sense. I didn't call him Iceman for nothing. <laughs> yeah. Apparently. So here's something from Entertainment Tonight in 2019. Uh, he was a bank robber, but robbed mostly jewelry stores. No way. And started off not being armed. That is fucking awesome. Okay. All right. Now I know what he meant by that. Yeah. That just like... That like totally threw me off. I was just like, is this just like an iced tea moment? You know, the whole like John Mulaney skit where he's just like, what, like some kind of person who eats a lot of cake and then throws it all up? It's just like, yeah, ice, you get addiction. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I didn't know if it was like one I maybe that's just why I have this like funny outlook on iced tea. So when he said it, I was just like, Is this him saying like or is he like was he actually, and I could have looked it up, but I wanted to wait and bring it to the podcast. And now we all learned something. Yeah, I didn't know. And, you know, it's, it was one of those things when you said that it was kind of in the back of my head because he was on 
NCIS or something, right? Uh, he is on. Yeah, it's one of those shows. Yeah. Oh, I. Whatever it is, I know Justine watches it. I just can't remember if it was NCIS or not. I think it was the one that is now canceled um, or ended. But I think we had talked about that. Or she told me about it or something. I don't know. Because he was playing a cop and it's like, well, this is ironic. Love it. You love a good uh, you love a good origin story like that. Yeah. And now he's teaching people how to do it. <laughs> now, yeah. But in a video game, in game, in game. But it translates to real life, as we all know. Automobile thefts are up in Chicago because of GTA. All right. Yeah. Well. Law and Order he was in, not in CIS. Law and Order. Yep. Dun dun. Right? I think so. <laughs> All right. Well. Start with it because. Sure. Cool. Uh, all right. Well, I just wanted to, like I said, have a little learning moment. It's what this podcast can be about. You know, sometimes you learn about Ice T's past. Sometimes you question why Al Pacino is at an event, and sometimes you learn that if you say Rumpelstiltskin's name, he tears himself in half. These are all things that happen on this podcast. So, number one podcast for early childhood learners. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um. That'll do it for this week. Thank you all so much for listening. Uh, let us know if there was any particular part of Opening Night Live that had you really excited. Um, if there was an update for a game that you were hoping would be there and it was. As always, if you could leave us a rating or a review wherever you listen to the podcast, it'd be greatly appreciated. Other than that, best thing you can do is share it with a friend. Share it with somebody who needs to learn something. Uh, share it with somebody who loves Law & Order and Ice Tea the actor, not the drink. And uh, we'll talk to you next week.